Welcome to the Brothers of the Dram podcast. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to the Brothers of the Dram podcast. I am your host, Eric, and I am here on a solo mission because AJ could not be with us today. So the good news is that AJ's not here and you don't have to listen to him. But the bad news is that I'm here and you have to listen to me. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get the episode started, shall we? Now, we're going to start with what I'm drinking today. And I cracked open a bottle recently that I actually shared with AJ, and I'm having that again today. And what I what we had was the Spayburn t- uh, Ten Year, which is a, a Speyside uh, single malt Scotch whiskey, and it's pretty tasty. Um, when uh, I put it up to the nose, I get sort of like a citrusy, vanilla-ish sort of fresh kind of scent. And now that I'm, let me give it a taste here. And so what I'm getting um, in the taste is sort of a, a sweeter finished as well with uh, the hints of uh, lemon and maybe a little bit of caramel or maybe like a toffee kind of um, taste. But yeah, citrusy, sweet, um, toffee, butterscotch, caramel-ish. Uh, really, really nice bottle. Um, I would recommend it, definitely. If you haven't had it, it's the Spayburn 10-Year. Give it a chance. It's a nice little bottle. Um, Now, let's move on to uh, some of the topics for today. Now, there are a few things in the whiskey world that we're going to, or that I'm going to uh, update you on. And one of them is something probably AJ would uh, appreciate or like. Uh, According to this website called robreport.com, scientists have discovered the perfect amount of water to add to your whiskey. Now, I know some of you who uh, listen to the show um, know that sometimes we we add droplets into our whiskey to bring the flavors out and to see, you know, what if if it tastes any any different or if we like it better or less. So apparently there's now a science to it. And um, what? the scientists are recommending and i don't know where these scientists are from actually i do know they're from washington state university now what they did is they analyzed uh 25 different whiskeys across many categories including bourbon rye scotch and irish um whiskey so um it's an extensive uh research that they did here so What they looked at was something called the headspace. And this is something I didn't know. So above the liquid where uh, the volatile chemicals can be found is the headspace, whatever that means. So I guess it's just at the top layer of of the liquid. So um, some whiskeys are attracted to water and all others actually repel it. Uh, So when you add water, the smell and flavor will change. And so according to this... um, this research, uh, peated whiskeys shifted from smoky to fruity after adding water, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, bourbon from vanilla and oak flavors to a more grainy, heavy profile. So I thought that was pretty interesting, um, pretty interesting results. And so what they 
what they concluded um, as to how much to add uh, was 20%. So they recommend 20% of water added to whatever amount of liquid. So for example, if you have a 60 milliliter glass, uh, which is about two ounces, what you want to add to that is about 12 milliliters of water. Um, so that's, you know, 20% of the 60. So pretty interesting. I thought it was a, a pretty cool um, test that they did. Uh, they did mention that a lot of uh, whiskey drinkers would say, you know, I told you so when it comes to adding that water. I guess maybe that might be like a consensus of what people usually add or maybe just kind of eyeball it. But it doesn't seem like it's something crazy or out of this world. But one of the researchers um, named Thomas Collins, he's an assistant professor at WSU and a senior author. What he said, what he recommended, I thought it was great, is um, he said instead of adding, you know, droplets or anything like that, he encouraged people to just use one large ice cube uh, if they want to drink whiskey on the rocks instead of filling it, you know, with smaller ice cubes. So that way the uh, dilution slows down and you can finish it before the 20% water threshold is reached. So good idea there for all you, you know, whiskey drinkers who like to add some rocks to your, to your whiskey. Um, yeah, try a large piece. Again, probably not out of this world news, but it's definitely something that, you know, an amateur like myself was not aware of. So um, great little article there. And um, to move on, there's also a little bit of news in the um, the Buffalo Trace area of all you Buffalo Trace fans. So apparently the CEO and president um, will be stepping down and owner uh, of Buffalo Trace will be stepping down. Uh, and his name is Mark Brown. So he'll be stepping down as the president of um, Cesarec. And so he'll be replaced by uh, the the chief commercial officer, Jack Wentz. So this is, I guess, uh, not really something that's come out of the blue. According to the article, this was sort of a um, a eight year succession plan that was in place and that this was eventually going to happen. So, um, you know, they own. Uh, Mark Brown owns various um, drink brands, including Buffalo Trace and Fireball and actually Southern Comfort. So he's been in the game for for quite a while. He was um, he's been with uh, Sazerac since 1981 uh, when he joined as the director of new products. So he worked his way up uh, eventually to president and CEO. So he's got a long history. He's got a. Um, nice resume and uh i guess it was time it was time for him to step down and it was planned for him to step down i don't know what that means in terms of buffalo trace and you know where what direction it's going to go after this um but i know they just released two whiskeys last month and uh, i believe it's old charter oak spanish oak bourbon and also a buffalo trace experimental peated bourbon which sounds pretty interesting to me. Peated is always, you know, nice because it's a little bit of smokiness. And, you know, I can I can dig that. I can definitely dig that. So we'll see what happens um, over at Buffalo Trace in terms of uh, any changes or anything like that. I don't see it causing 
any kind of major changes, at least not to the to the whiskey or the distilling process or anything like that itself. But, you know, it could be something else in terms of branding and exposure and things like that. So something to keep an eye on, which is pretty nice. And um, moving on to some of you football fans. There is a, um, you know, AJ's a big football fan, but the uh, Detroit Lions head coach, Dan Campbell, apparently uh, revealed his uh, preference of whiskey, his favorite whiskey uh, drink of choice on the Greenlight podcast. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with the Greenlight podcast, but um, Campbell revealed that, and I'm sure AJ is going to love this that uh, and i'll quote him he said i'll say this it's been a while since i've had a nice one but probably jack jack was always my jack daniels was something that i will always gravitate to if you will and he said he went on to say yeah i probably feel my age right now some days a little bit older some days a little bit younger but i know this if i don't train or don't do something to get the blood flowing in my legs i feel awful so he's talking about himself there and how he's doing. But yeah, to uh, AJ's um, liking, I'm sure he's going to be happy about that because AJ's also a big football fan. Um, Coach Campbell prefers Jack Daniels. Isn't that interesting? Surprise, surprise. I guess a lot of people are big on Jack Daniels, right? It's everywhere. Now, moving on to an article from Forbes.com, Whiskey of the Week. Apparently, the Whiskey of the Week is Bardstown and Foursquare joining forces for a rum cast finished rye bourbon blend. So they've uh, been working on this. It's, a, it's for the last 10 to 15 years. And they came out with a, um, a bourbon called um, Bardstown. Four square, uh, four square. So you know the collaboration. This is a seven-year low rye, so meaning it's the bare minimum of fifty-one percent rye, and it's sourced from Indiana. Pretty interesting. It's a nice little bottle. It's uh, it's a simple bottle, just a straight um, design with a black label. It's pretty good. It looks like a pretty good um, bottle to pick up. I mean, I would try it. Why not? And um, yeah, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel on uh, You know, they have uh, the mash bills for their own whiskeys are, are generally the same um, as what's coming out of the distilleries. So it's nothing crazy or off the wall, but um, the result is pretty good, apparently. So um, something to think about for sure, because, um, you know, it's always nice when two brands, you know, collaborate and try to create something. I think that's really, really cool. I think maybe that should happen more often. You know, we could probably get some really cool um, flavors and designs and bottles and and collaborations that you didn't expect to happen. Um, I think it'd be nice if they they did that more often. But yeah, this this bottle does not run cheap. Um, this is definitely on the more expensive side. At least for me, it runs. Uh, at 160 so um you know apparently you get what you pay for with this one so we'll see we'll see if that's true maybe we'll wait on some reviews or maybe we can convince aj to buy a bottle if we you know slap a limited edition sticker on it when he's not looking or or special edition i think that would definitely get him to buy it for sure he's he's pretty pretty easy to convince um 
And for those of you, for you uh, McAllen fans, so McAllen, and I thought this was really cool, is um, they're coming up with an, an experience, an immersive whiskey journey uh, at the house of McAllen. I think right now what's happening, it's in New York where it's starting. And what they're doing, it's like a three-day event or a weekend. It's from May 16th to May 18th. And um, it's called the House of McAllen. And what it is, it's sort of this sensory journey that allows guests to experience every element that goes into making um, McAllen. So every detail in the House of McAllen is inspired by their 485-acre home in Speyside. So guests will experience visuals of the Scottish Highlands and learn about the brand's history and how McAllen is crafted and they get they'll get to taste some of the brand's uh, delicious whiskey. So I thought that was really really cool. So if you are in the New York area, maybe that is something you would like to look into. I know it's an uh, Eventbrite um event. So if you I think you can register through Eventbrite and I believe it's free. So there are, I guess, an uh, hour time slots available from 4 to 10 p.m. So uh, if you're in the New York area, again, check it out. Um, if you're not in the New York area, not to worry. You might have an, uh, another opportunity because um, I'm also reading that the McAllen Experience will also be heading to Miami, to Los Angeles, and to Aspen. So if any of you are in the in those areas, give it a, you know, give it a try uh, or keep an ear out just in case uh, it comes to your area. It seems really, really cool. Um, that's definitely something I would like to join in on, especially because uh, it's free. <laughs> it's free. So, you know, why not? Why not go and, you know, learn a little bit more about um, about McAllen? I don't know McAllen very much. I think. AJ is a big fan of McAllen, but I'm not sure. Um, but I, I think that's something he would probably definitely want to experience as well. Um, to you know, go to an event like that, which is nice. Um, so again, uh, the uh, McAllen experience. Look it up. See if it's something you might enjoy, and um, you know, register. It's free. So. Have a good time there. Now, and we're going to go into um, our last topic. So um, there are some really cool, um, according to Men's Journal, some really cool Western saloons and bars that are sort of an, uh, a portal to the Old West. And apparently these are one of the best places to, you know, have some some whiskey, according to uh, a whiskey or be and beer. Um, so this is something I would like to because I like to travel and experience things like that and, you know, try go to different places, go to dive bars and things like that. So the first one real quick is the uh, Shooting Star Saloon over in Huntsville, Utah, which uh, it looks like a little, little place, a little older place, like a shack, almost a Western, not a shack, but, a, you know, a Western saloon, actually. Uh, it looks really cool. Uh, if you're if you're in the area in the Utah area, definitely uh, check it out. They have some cheap burgers, seven dollar burgers, and things like that. So it's a it's a great place to visit. It looks really really cool. And another place is called 
the million dollar cowboy bar. So if you, any of you listeners have been to any of these places, let us know. Um, you know, send us a DM or a comment or whatever you you'd like to do. I'm really interested to hear your opinions on these places because I would love to go to some of these places. They they seem really really cool. One place is called the Old Saloon Number Ten, and that's in Deadwood, South Dakota. Uh, and it looks like a really cool place. It looks like they have a big selection of whiskeys, uh, huge selection. Probably the whole bar. I'm looking at a picture. And it's a full bar back up back into the bar with like five different levels and it's all full of bottles. So it looks like an awesome place. Um, this is uh, apparently uh, what makes this place so famous uh, is where um, I believe. Wild Bill Hickok was was killed uh, in 1876. Let's see here. Um, legend has it. That's what famous gunslinger Wild Bill Hickok was holding in a poker game when poor loser Jack McHale shot and killed him in Deadwoods. Yeah, so this is where Wild Bill Hickok was killed. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to put that one down, make a note of that one, because that seems awesome. Another place is uh, to, you know, to enjoy a good whiskey, apparently, to the, according to this article, is uh, White Elephant Saloon in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, that looks like a really cool place as well. They have this big bust of a, a, a longhorn right in the middle of the bar. And they have a bunch of cowboy hats all over and on the ceiling as well. So it looks really, really cool. It's got this old, you know, old school, I guess, copper rail and um, really, really cool looking place for sure. So this was, let's see, uh, it opened in the 1890s. So um so very historic, um, for sure. And it's, uh, an, a nice place to grab something to eat. And they have some, they have homemade cornbread, which is always nice. Love me some cornbread. And, uh, yeah, they even do a reenactment of a famous gunfight there, uh, every year. So it looks like a, a really, really cool place. Now, another one that's something I'm interested in just because of where it's at is the big nose Kate's saloon. Now, this is located in Tombstone, Arizona. So any of you Tombstone fans, I know AJ's not a film person. AJ's not really much of any kind of person except uh, when it's bright and shiny. Um, that's, that's what he's all about. But Tombstone is a great movie. Uh, I love it. it. You know, classic, classic one-liners from there. Um, really, really cool place. So this one is, again, like I said, in Tombstone. But uh, it's a really um, lot of history there. Uh, it's been owned. It's been there since 1980. So it's it's been a while for sure. And um, yeah, it looks like a really, really cool place and it, kind of going back in time into those days. And uh, while you enjoy some, you know, guacamole and some some chips and dip. So uh, it looks like a really, really cool place. I definitely want to put that one on the list. Uh, it's got, you know, the old Western look. It's got the, the baseboards in the front. Uh, it's got, you know, the uh, I don't even know what it's called, but where you would tie your horses, um, you know, the post, the wooden post there in front of the saloon. So it's a really cool looking place. Uh, they have some painted uh, windows, really, really cool signage. Nice spot for sure. Uh, the last one on our list here, and it looks like a really, really nice place, is called the Silver Dollar Saloon. And that's in Leadville, Colorado. And I hope I pronounced that right. Leadville, Leadville, Colorado. 
Um, it's a, a, a great place, uh, apparently, and this is actually very interesting for me, uh, referencing Tombstone again, uh, Doc Holliday, who uh, briefly dealt cards and played the piano there, uh, was a visitor there, as well as Oscar Wilde, if some of you are into Oscar Wilde and his poetry and things like that. Uh, I guess Oscar Wilde made his way over there. And even the unsinkable Molly Brown. So I don't know if any of you know who the unsinkable Molly Brown is. I have no idea who she is, but she was known. Uh, she was a socialite and a philanthropist. So she was actually in the, she was a passenger in the Titanic. Okay, now I know who she is. She is in the Titanic. If any of you have seen the movie, I believe she's played. Oh, I can't think of her name right now. I cannot think of her name, but she played her. And oh, um, Kathleen Bates. Kathleen Bates played her uh, in the Titanic movie with Leo DiCaprio. So apparently she frequented there as well, or at least visited there, which is nice. And um. So this place was bo uh, born. This place was open in 1879. So probably the oldest one of the list, which is pretty crazy. That's a long time ago. But, you know, apparently a lot of miners and gunslingers would would frequent there. Now it's, you know, obviously a tourist uh, attraction. But, you know, it's got an old ambiance. It's got the original mahogany bar, which is awesome. Uh, it's got blue golden blue tiled floors and this antique mirror so it's got a lot of artifacts and a lot of things that remain there which is you know pretty awesome and uh the rumor has it that doc holiday who shot the sheriff across the street was bailed out by the board of trades first owner so his name was john morgan so the saloon uh, is also rumored to harbor ghosts as well so it's got a lot of a lot of history so you can enjoy you know a fat tire um beer if you're into that or you can try some whiskey which is um uh what they serve there a lot of a lot of cool history a lot of uh it looks really really cool i would recommend that as well but uh yeah that covers it guys i think that that does it for today i hope you enjoyed the episode without aj without the tag team partner um this won't happen often i hope not because uh it really sucks to do it on your own but here we are and um that does it for today so thank you brothers and sisters for listening and we will definitely catch you on the next one and don't forget to like and to follow us on instagram at brothers of the dram and again feel free to message us with any requests or ideas or questions that we can answer on the podcast we'd be more than happy to and yeah that covers it so have a good one everyone and we'll catch you soon you've been listening to the brothers of the dram podcast you can follow us on instagram and twitter at brothers of the dram please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on itunes and spotify on behalf of the crew thank you brothers and sisters for listening and we'll see you in the next episode cheers